Ladies and gentlemen, welcome down the rabbit hole. My name is Monty Hook and I will be your host. In this show, I interview some of the world's most interesting entrepreneurs, change makers and thought leaders, where we go deep into their mindsets and uncover some incredible stories and amazingly profound philosophies and strategies on entrepreneurship, human performance, health, spirituality, purpose, social impact, and everything in between. If you want to take your life and your business to new levels, then this is the show for you. In this episode, I speak to Celine DaCosta, a powerhouse female entrepreneur who has built a very successful business, helping seven, eight, and nine-figure business leaders to create powerful personal brand stories that supercharge their business and life. Oh, this was a fun one, guys. We went deep down the rabbit hole talking about the patterns that we develop as children and how this plays out in our lives as adults and actually how we can unravel that. We went deep on ego, identity, and how to tune into your intuition and your highest calling in life. Tune in for this one, guys. This was super powerful. By the way, head over to www.entrepreneurharmonics.com. If you are in business and you feel called to scale your business in such a way that it not only becomes an organization that runs without you, but it becomes an asset that grows without you, then go to the website now. Get access to the free diagnostic tool. It takes about 30 minutes. If you do this, you'll understand why and how Richard Branson has so many companies and he spends his day kite surfing and playing tennis. That's www.entrepreneurharmonics.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back down the rabbit hole. I am your host, Monty Hook, and today I am joined by the lovely Celine Da Costa. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> me in the studio. What do you think? Thank you for having me. I think your podcast voice is phenomenal. Really? I love it. This is the first time I've heard this. So clean, so polished. I, I know I have a good face for radio, but... <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I've been excited to bring you in because um, uh, you are a branding uh, storytelling expert. You help entrepreneurs especially to extract what is their purpose and their story and really articulate and bring that out in a, in a way. But uh, I know that you're very uh, good in your craft. Like you've got the, the science of that down to a fine art, but I also... Through my interactions with you, I, I also get that you uh, tapped into a very deep, intuitive kind of place, right? And then you're also using other methodologies. You're a breathwork practitioner, mm -hmm. is that right? So you're kind of like this wonderful tapestry of all these things, <laughs> uh, helping entrepreneurs to really find their voice and find their direction, their North Star, if, if you like. Does that sound about right? Wow, you like I'm just gonna copy and paste that into my website. That was beautiful. <laughs> you really summed it up well. Okay, and well, good catch thanks. with the intuition. <laughs> I should uh, I should get a job. Um, what are you known for? How do you how do you explain what you're known for? So what I do is I help 
entrepreneurs really tap into the power of their story. And I help them do that as a vehicle for them to be able to essentially unblock their self-imposed limitations because a lot of people, you know, they're saying, oh, I want to know what my story is. I want to know what my brand is. I want to share myself. And what they're actually doing is that they're missing half of the puzzle because it's not just about the brand you're putting out into the world. It's not just about the story you're quote unquote telling your audience, telling other people, but this really starts with the story that you're telling yourself Mm. and what's going on internally, which unfortunately a lot of entrepreneurs ignore in the quest to build that massive business. So I work with entrepreneurs to really help them tap into their truest why, their values, their vision, what really truly matters to them and align that with the messaging that comes Mm. out of them in their work so that there is alignment between who they really are and how they're showing up in the world and that is what really creates makes them um, magnets and natural essentially naturally attracting the people that they want to speak to Mm. the money they want to make as well as the visibility that they want to create that's cool so what kind of entrepreneurs are you working with? Like, is it just um, like public figure type people, you know, people who are speakers, authors, coaches, that kind of thing, or are you working with anybody? So, um, podcasters, I, <laughs> podcast <yes>. hosts. Okay. <laughs> I um, obviously have different tiers. I have my group programs, I have my do-it-yourself courses, and then my private coaching. Specifically for my private coaching, I'm working with high achievers. Mm. We're talking seven, eight, nine-figure entrepreneurs who have "quote unquote" made it. Yeah. You know, they have the amazing business. Some of them even have the visibility. They're getting featured, but there's something that isn't aligned. Something there's missing? something missing. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, and this is a very, very common common story amongst most entrepreneurs i mean i know my story uh i had my first business when i was eight eight years old and it was really born out of this pure desperation and need of of wanting more you know like i was i grew up in a you know what i'm going to say poor family by australian standards and i grew up on a boat so i was washing out of a bucket we didn't have a tv and Mm. you know so i was looking around at my friends going why don't i have all this stuff right and what was born out of that was this uh, desire and this need to create, but it was it was also unsustainable. It mm-hmm. was my pattern for a very, very, very long time, and I was never ever satisfied. And I also kind of always hit these ceilings, and there was a lot of self sabotage and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I I have to assume that so many people like me, and you probably come across this, is high achievers, if you like. Uh, that it's born out of some kind of pain or desperation, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Is that something that you see a lot of? And how do you how do how do I think because most people can relate to this, right? Yeah. And how do you unravel that? So um, yes, this is something that's extremely common, unfortunately. And what I actually find, especially working with such talented, powerful, amazing people, is that. A lot of entrepreneurs, like the more they create, the more they do, there is that feeling for a lot, not all, but a lot of people where they want more, they want more, they want more. And it's like a bottomless well where no amount of money, no amount of visibility, no amount of features actually fills that well. And what I have found through my work, especially um, working in the subconscious mind, both uh, through neuro-linguistic programming as well as breathwork, so I work in the subconscious mind and body, is that a lot of these patterns actually form in us before we're even seven years old. Mm. So it's uh, things that we carry from us in childhood. 
And with a lot of these high achievers, there's actually like a signature pattern, um, usually around emotionally unavailable or emotionally dysregulated parents that we grew up with did not get the love that we needed, did not have our needs met. And so so we grew up. So the the high achieving is a cry for attention, if not for a better term. Yes, yes. And so what actually ends up happening, if you're not aware of that, and if you essentially don't clear the pattern or keep that in check, Mm. um, what ends up happening is that you can become extremely successful, make a lot of money so it's not that you can't make money if you have you know this this repressed childhood trauma or this this dysregulation like you can actually make way more than the average person but what ends up happening is that you don't actually feel authentic in it you still suffer from the imposter syndrome you still feel like you want more and that can't be patched up and what a lot of people do is that they create a pride-based identity to essentially cover up for that shame. Mm. And so when we look at, you know, for example, a seven, eight, nine-figure entrepreneur, there's two types of entrepreneurs. Uh, one is the one that's like, I'm working my ass off. I'm doing everything I can to prove to others, to validate myself, to show that I am worthy, uh-huh. which ends up tracing back to like either my parents or like somebody who was taking care of you as a child. Let me show you that I am worthy. Look at me, validate me let me make more money, let me get more success. And then there's another type, yeah, and then there's another type where of like, actually I'm connected to my purpose and I am connected, aligned to my purpose and I'm actually operating from a place of service and love for myself and others. And so part of what I do with people with their story is I help them make that transition mm. between like, I'm overachieving, I need validation, I have a hole inside me that can't be filled up. And so let me continue to tell the world or paint a picture to the world so that they think I'm amazing. And I bring them to this place of actually Here's what your true purpose is. Here's your service and tell a story from that place because that place is going to align you and energize you and heal you. Yeah, because I I think, and in reflection from my own story, and I see this a lot, is I think a lot of entrepreneurs, because so much conversation these days around purpose and Mm -hmm. mission and impact, and but it almost becomes a little bit inauthentic in, in a way that people start to look for their purpose and they want to articulate it. Because there's this missing feeling and they become desperate to articulate their purpose and why am I here and what's my highest meaning? Why, why do I exist? But they, they're creating that story or they're trying to articulate it based on what's in form right now. So mm-hmm. like what's existing right now and they're trying to weave a story but with the foundations of what they've already created rather than like saying just clean slate, okay, well, who, who, who am I, who am I mm-hmm. truly? So do you see do you see people who create kind of brand new things like they really like they have massive awakenings and go fuck what I was doing before like and they end up doing something completely different or is it usually that it's just a, a tweak on what they're doing or what do you mm-hmm. usually see well, you know, it actually, what I see more of is the tweaks, mostly because like to kind of clean the slate and start over, it's like not just courageously, spiritually, but also it's like, it's a lot of work yeah. like logistically, right? To just like kind of reboot your business and start again, although completely possible. But what I actually, um, you know, with a lot of the people I work with, what I help that almost sometimes Monty the actual external thing doesn't even change that much, but what completely shifts is the energy that you're serving it in. Yeah. Because, for example, if I um, serve you a cup of coffee 
and I do it with the energy of love, like the vibration of love. I'm like, I genuinely want to give you like this coffee as opposed to I'm going to give you a cup of coffee and I'm doing it with the vibration of like, screw this guy. Like he said this thing to me earlier. Blah, blah, blah. Or like, even it, it's the same action. It's a different energy. So yeah. when you post on social media and you can have the most polished, beautiful story on Instagram, whatever. And you're coming at it from a place of like, oh, I'm feeling a little insecure and like, let me just like write something that I feel like my audience will like or like, what will so-and-so think about when they read it? So you clean it up, you polish it and you post it as opposed to like, no, actually this is coming from my heart and this is really just coming from an aligned place. It's going to be the same writing, the same post at the same time, but people will feel differently because the energy behind it is different. Mm -hmm. So it's not about ripping your business apart and turning it around because you had a spiritual awakening. It's actually about learning learning how to tap into that energy when you're creating and then pulling that energy through everything that you do because people will not remember what you said but they will remember how you made them feel yeah but i guess by default by changing that energy by having that different intention the words that you use are probably going to change anyway oh, in the yeah. way that yeah and big the images time. are used and, and everything, right? Yes, big time. Um, also because, for example, like, you know, scrolling through, and again, this is also the work that I do. Um, I work through the subconscious, like with NLP, like I'm trained in, in like literally like spotting patterns in people's language mm. and how they structure their sentences. And so... So here's a question for yeah. you. So the people out here, so this is a lot of entrepreneurs. What are the things that entrepreneurs are doing that you see on social media that makes you throw up in your mouth a little bit? Well, the first thing is that it's, it's again, it's like the thing that's so subtle that people can feel it, but if you're trained in it, you can actually see it, is people projecting their shit in their posts. And it's just so mm. clear, like entrepreneurs, like, like for example, people with money, money blockages and saying about like, oh, you know, it's really hard to like make this kind of money, but and it's like, no, you think it's really hard and now you're projecting it onto your audience. Yeah. And so, or like ways Boy. that... Or yeah. the other side of that is where they're over the top with the the abundance, you know, and like throwing money around, and and it's just so obviously fake. And this, yeah, 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 you can see like people basically projecting their own beliefs and their own shit into their audience through their captions, through the ways that they talk, and they think the things that they believe to be true and take for granted that are true, yeah. which could be their own limiting beliefs. So that's a big thing I see. Another thing that I see is just like structurally like it's become a circle jerk of everybody copying each other in terms of like the the cookie cutter like you know i used to be this way and then i realized like insert the name of my product and then here's the solution like come and join my course right and it's just like you see this over and over and over again and it's just not original and it's like so oversaturated that when you actually see people tell coming through with their truth yeah it's like a fresh breath a breath of fresh air yeah and I'm one of these people that I, I I really try to be the guy that what everybody else is not doing. Yeah. Right. And I like being the guy that actually has nothing to sell. Right. I mean, I've got businesses and people can find a way there, but I don't have any courses. I don't have any programs. And I, I, I like that because it means whatever I put out, it's going to be, I would hope is kind of untainted. It doesn't have mm -hmm. like this subtle kind of, uh, I'm not doing a podcast because I want you to go and buy my course. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like I'm doing the podcast, speaking to people that I want to learn from, and hopefully the message, you know, helps other people, right? I would hope that that's authentic. Mm -hmm. When it comes to things like marketing copy, copy and, you know, different tactics for building funnels and all this kind of stuff, it's like 
you know, we know that there are systems and structures that can work, right? And templates that can work and follow this email copy template and stuff like that, right? But like you said, you know, it can get very uh, uh, diluted, I guess, and people can see that it's just being copied, it's just copy and paste type stuff. It, can those things coexist? Like all the templates with the authenticity, they yeah, can? totally. And so one of the things that Tony Robbins says often, and I honestly, and it's not just his actually, it's the 80-20 rule, right? And one of the things he says is that success, like true success is 80% psychology and 20% strategy. Mm. And I bring that through in the work that I do as well. Because yeah, you know, funnels work. Like there's strategies that people have used that work really, really well when you apply them into your business. And it's so important to have structure. It's so important to have like, a thing that you can rinse, repeat, and do over and over and over again. The, th- the problem is that and as an entrepreneur, when you're disconnected from yourself and you don't know what your own values are and what's important to you specifically mm. and not the other guy that's using X funnel, then you're going to have a really hard time discerning which of the many strategies out there are right for you. Yeah. So that is why branding and growth is an inside out process because when you're like, okay, these are my values. This is what is important to me. Here's what I'm trying to achieve. You can look at a list of a hundred strategies and instead of like running around me like, oh my God, I'm so confused. Like what's so-and-so doing and what's this person doing what's working there you can actually look at those 100 choices and be like out of all of these automatically i'm eliminating 90 of them because they don't match my values and out of these 10 let me look at my why let me look at my vision okay actually these three are the ones that work for me so these are the three i'm going to try out and based on how i feel and how it aligns with me and how i'm like engaging with this this is the strategy i'm going to choose and so i give my clients like strategies i give them frameworks i give them all that stuff but i always tell them like it doesn't fucking matter how well i teach you to structure a story how well i teach you to like create a a sexy caption if you can't discern for yourself what it is that you need to be showing up and sharing with the audience that day based on what's going on on your business based on what's going on with you and based on like whether you want to be a certain level of vulnerable or not yeah what i like out of that is we said about when you're in that place of authenticity and really aligned to your message, then you're in a place where you can choose the right strategy. Whereas usually we're looking for the strategy. You know, what's the quick win? What's the, you know, what's the what's the hack that's gonna, mm-hmm. you know, fix everything for me? And then your messaging and everything you that comes out of your mouth or that you write that you write, all of your language is going to be tainted for what you think is going to work for that particular strategy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So you basically shape your identity around a strategy that so-and-so implemented in their business to get like a 100K launch or whatever, yeah. right? And so you're looking, and again, this actually goes back to the pattern that we were talking about, repressed childhood patterns and this need for validation um, that comes through in these overachievers and again, we're, we're included. It's not like I'm saying, oh, them. It's like, I'm fucking included. Well, that's like, why you're, you're doing included, the work right? because, you, yeah. Exactly. So, so I know this because I've, I've been through this rodeo. I've seen people go through this rodeo and it's just like, it's the sense of I am not in my power. I don't know what's best for me. Yeah. I don't know what I need to choose in order to grow myself I'm in business. So let me look at others who I believe have power and copy or model what they're doing without checking in with myself because obviously they know best. Mm. And that's another way that we give up our power. It's another way that we're not seated in our own story, in our own, like we're not in alignment. 
and we're comparing ourselves to people who are having their own issues and we don't fucking know if they're projecting all over everybody either so um it's about this you know there's a huge difference between hey this is what works for me I like what Montine's doing, so I'm going to take this and this and that, and I'm going to leave this and this and that. I'm going to play with that, mm. as opposed to, oh, let me look at what Monty's doing. Clearly, he knows more than me. And then just completely like relinquishing my own power and not being able to make decisions from that place. And that is not leadership. Yeah. And one of the things I think where a lot of message gets diluted, and this one's been really true for me, because I've never really given a fuck what anybody thinks. Um, but I think you, you see so many people trying to craft their message so that it's kind of like it's trying to land with everybody mm. whereas with me i'm I, i'm trying i'm actually trying to craft my message in a way where i'm almost trying to like separate like make it so that it's polarizing so that the ones that love me like it's going to land with them mm-hmm. and i don't really care about the rest of them right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how to not that i've got it all figured out right yeah. but how to how to how do people tap into that thing where they can not care so much what everybody else thinks? Because I mm. think that is one of the the ways that people's message gets diluted and also a way that people don't find their purpose mm-hmm. because they're kind of disconnected from... Because they're looking for that attention or they're trying to yeah. be liked by everybody. So that in some way, they're disconnected. Right? Yes. So how, how can people... Uh, not give a fuck. Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, beware of. So when people, there's the people in the camp of I'm just gonna mold my dilute my message so I can please everyone and like be everything for everyone. And then there's people who are consciously trying to polarize, and that's just two polar spectrums of the same issue, mm. right? So there is a middle way, which is. I'm being myself and I'm speaking my truth and this will polarize people or am I not? It doesn't matter, but yeah. this is what I'm speaking the truth is. And that's the true art of not giving a fuck is yeah. speaking your truth and without like, if it's polarizing, cool, it's polarizing. This if is, it's not, that's fine too. This is what I've noticed with me this year compared to say a few years ago. Cause I've had like, I mean, I've been a little bit outspoken about things like vaccines and mm-hmm. conspiracy theories and stuff. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from people saying, Oh, I loved how you, said that and and in my mind i'm thinking well thank you i appreciate that two years ago three years ago i wouldn't have been i wouldn't have crafted like that like i would have been more actually like you're pointing out it would have been i'm actually trying to piss people off yeah but now it's kind of more like from this energy of yeah i'm just speaking my truth and if it lands it lands yeah great exactly because there's a lot of entrepreneurs there who have edgy brands but they're like consciously trying to piss people yeah. off and that in itself is the inverse of being a mm, people pleaser that's so interesting it's just it's the same issue that, it's that just different execution 100 percent me that was yeah. yeah and i'm sure there's still remnants of that there yeah still. yeah i mean for all of us again yeah. it's a journey right absolutely um but to answer the question like how can you stop giving a fuck so this one is i'm gonna give you the abridged version which actually takes like years if not a lifetime to really like get in seated into and there's always more there's always more but what i teach my clients through when you know what your why is like what your vision is what your values are what your and you get super familiar with your own limiting patterns your own limiting beliefs like what's the shit that keeps getting in your way like getting so familiar with that like your mommy issues your daddy issues like the things that triggered you when you were a child like what are they like having them in a box and me like here's like all my patterns here's what they are when you actually get superseded in them then to be able to show up completely like aligned and and if you're not aligned coming back to that alignment you need to connect 
to be stay connected to your higher self. Now, I know that that sounds really woo, so let me kind of dig in deeper into that. There is a difference between when your ego speaks and when your soul speaks. It's very clear because your ego is the version of you that's just trying to, it's like identity that you constructed in a lifetime as opposed to your soul, which is where your purpose lives, like where your truth lives. So one of the things you want to start learning is to discern when are you operating out of a place of alignment with your values, your vision and and, um, your what and your why, like when are you actually operating in that? And when are your patterns coming into the mix? Mm. So when I, what I tell my clients is when you're, they get cri- triggered by their clients or like when they get triggered by a conversation or, or someone commenting on their Instagram, you want to ask yourself, when I made this post, am I genuinely speaking my truth and just saying something from my heart or is there a little, a little projection trickling in there? Mm. And if you, you know, with a post, you can literally look at it and be like, actually, Right here, there's like this line that I said that is actually my own shit coming through. So that's the part that triggered me, which means I wasn't actually operating in full alignment. So I take responsibility for that. But if you show up and you're clear as a bell and you're like, no, actually, I said this with love. It came from my heart. I meant it. And somebody is putting up a fuss about it. Then you're seated in that. You're like, well, that's their shit. So be it. So you can discern. But if you're coming in and you, you have to like, this is, a, 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 this is why we excavate and go within because you're going to know it's going to be a yes or it's going to be like, actually, I said something in there and I was like a little pissed off or like I was a little insecure when I said this thing. Yeah. And then someone picks up on that and they pick at it. And then, you know, wow, that was my insecurity coming through. How do I take responsibility? Yeah, that's so, so that's interesting. bringing it back to yourself. What, what I notice about myself is uh, when I do a post, and I get some, like I had someone a month ago or so, they actually went to my website. They looked me up on Facebook or whatever, followed the breadcrumbs to my website, filled out the inquiry form at my website, sent me a hate mail through my website oh, wow. and called me C word and all this kind of stuff. And I kind of looked at it and went, I had, no, I had no emotion around it. I had no like, I had no feeling around it. Actually, I was quite happy that somebody bothered to go to the <laughs> website, fill out fill out the form, and it kind of made me realize that. Um, and I kind of I, I went through this process of the excavating, kind of looking at it, and going, mm, "Okay, well, what's going on here? Like, mm-hmm. did I say something?" And I felt like, "No, this is that's fine. That's just the, that's their thing. I'm completely comfortable with it." Where I feel like sometimes I get lost is in the the comments, like when people remark whatever. And then there's this like banter going back and forth. Mm. That's when I, I I tend to lose my I tend to lose my way. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like when mm-hmm. there's this dy- dynamic kind of back and forth. It's like oh no, we've got to f- the old like no, I've got to fight back. Mm. And then as soon as I pull myself up on that, like no, I just stop. Like I just like no, I'm just not going to engage in this anymore. This is not this is not serving me. Yeah, yeah. This doesn't help me. Yeah. And then what I found by doing that is. Like people are going off on these tangents and they're like on my posts and s- starting these arguments and conversations and the whole thing takes off a lot on, on life of its own. I'm like, wow, this is mm. look what I created. This is fun. Yeah, it's really interesting <laughs> because you reminded me of something my teacher said that really wowed me once. Um, he said that awakening is the space between trigger and response. Yeah. And it's like uh, not even a second, right? Yeah. And it's like um, this is something that I, I'm still like I think all of us are trying to master right now. Um, it's just being able to see when something triggers you, 
literally pause and be like, why is this triggering me? And then just that pause and asking why is this triggering me is already opening the door to like another answer, which is, is it because they crossed my boundaries? In which case, it's my place to stand mm. up for that uh, and, and, and create that boundary again. Or is it because they're saying something completely normal and I'm just being triggered because of my own past and my yeah. own shit? Or is it because um, I don't like uh, this person? Or like, you know, and, and actually just asking like, hey, why do I feel compelled to respond right now? Yeah. Is already like that pause makes you realize, oh my God, like this is my shit. Or like, you know what? They're, this is not acceptable. So I'm either going to delete this comment or if it's a friend, like, hey, I'm going to like establish a boundary yeah. right here, right now. I, I think there's a place to to kind of get to in, in myself anyway, where I can engage in those conversations without any charge. Like mm-hmm. if, I can, if I can reply and ha- do it in such a way that there's no feeling, there's no charge, there's no electricity there. Yeah. Right. That to me is kind of like the measure. Like if I can reply with no, there's no charge there. Okay. Well then I'm, I'm going to be responding from a place of, um, of authentic energy. I'll yeah. Say it that way. Yeah. And even notice the language that you're using right now for some entrepreneurs might be a mystery, right? Like what does it mean? Charge? Like what does it mean? Like yeah. this energy. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because again part of like the work that i do is getting people reconnected into themselves because a lot we have been trained by society to not even be connected to our own body to the point where you can say i feel a charge Mm. there's a charge inside me i'm going to clear that charge so i can respond instead of react and that in itself is an art that a lot of people are completely like ignoring and not because it's their fault but because we are grown up in a society especially in the west where we're taught to use our brain and logic and like everything top heavy cognitive but what we're not taught is to reconnect back to our bodies all that stuff is just numb it's just it's it's numbed out yeah that's right so how how have you uh how have you discovered or cultivated this for yourself like what are some of the you know have you you know what what are some of the practices or some of the inner work that you've done Mm -hmm. how have you excavated this using your language yes yes so um i also like i too grew up extremely cognitive extremely like in the masculine like logic logic Mm. logic like brain 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 like neuro-linguistic programming like even that right and Mm. actually um in the past year and you know i i've been doing what i do super well for my clients but i too was like you know I love serving them. This is amazing. Love like helping them see and understand, like cognitively understand their patterns and identify things and restructure them. But I realized like a piece was missing because even though they knew what their patterns were and the limiting beliefs and they knew how to fix it or what to do next, there's still hit points where like, oh my God, why do I keep doing this again and again and again? Like, I know this is a problem. I know I need to work through this. Why? And then I realized there's something missing in this approach. And what was missing is there was just about the brain and logic and it was not about embodiment, which is where the real transformation begins, which is when you are actually understanding like, so take trauma, for example, and patterns, right? Which is basically the loops that you run over and over again that keep self-sabotaging you. So literally like when trauma is caused, it like it's, it's basically emotion in your body that was not allowed to complete. 
So there's an emotional charge. So until you release the emotional, the original emotional charge that caused that pattern to start, you will keep running that pattern no matter how much you cognitively try to strategize or mindset hack your way out of yeah. it. So what I, how I work with my clients is to not only cognitively understand, here's what the problem is, here's what I'm trying to move in, here's how to reframe my story, but rather how do you embody that story by being like, here is like the triggers I'm feeling in my body and I need to release that emotional charge and connecting people back to their bodies and what's going on inside them, which is also energy work. Yeah, and what I love about that and my observation of you is that you, you, you do have this uh, amazing ability with your the, the logical side of you, like you can you can see that in your in in your work, but you've figured out how to tune into this intuitive side, which has then uh, taken your that thing that you do, that gift and ability that you have. It's allowed that to go to to new levels. It's like you already had that, you had that craft, you had that science, you had that that gift but this has just allowed you to kind of like take that to a all new levels right yeah Yeah. and i think this is a really uh beautiful point for a lot of for anybody because whatever your thing is right tapping into that you know intuitive nature and like you're explaining um just really excavating and figuring out you know what are the, the nuances of the energy and what you're the the energy that you're bringing to things and how your relationship with your customers and your clients and how are you interacting with the world if you can kind of work through all that in such a way that uh you can release those charges and those traumas and all Mm -hmm. those things it's like you're just going to blow up Mm -hmm. what you're doing Mm -hmm. right yeah for sure and with you know story it's like i could sit here and like you said it was all about science logic like you know i could sit here and tell you like storytelling is 22 times more memorable than fact than facts like i could sit here and tell you like the oxytocin the dopamine that gets released when people like engage in story there's so much science that Mm. to really back up why storytelling is the most powerful way to communicate and connect but when it comes down to it really like even stripping the science aside is that story is a gateway to emotion and emotion is not processed in your logical brain it lives in the limbic system it lives in the reptile reptilian part of your brain in the ancient part of your brain that does not have the capacity for language so when you come here and you tell a story what you're using is your neocortex which is the front you know basically the evolved human brain to create words to formulate sentence to create structure to create beautiful stories but that story cannot live without emotion and you can't think and feel at the same time and fortunately and or unfortunately we are driven by emotion we make decisions based on our subconscious mind 95 percent of decisions purchasing decisions are made in the subconscious and justified by logic so we live in this illusion where logic reigns everything where our neocortex that the the evolved version of our brain is god but the truth is we are ruled by our emotions so until we can actually learn to harness and tap into our emotions no amount of logic is going to help us because we're just going to be basically little monkey like our little monkey brain is just going to be on a giant elephant of emotion that's just going to steer the wheel yeah, that's beautiful and and that's that's where the fulfillment lives that's where the you know the what we're saying we're high achievers doesn't matter how much you level of success you achieve or how mm-hmm. much money you make there's not that 
fulfillment mm-hmm. and where that fulfillment lives is like what you're saying is being able to live that that story yeah. and being able to connect that because you're actually connecting with um you're connecting with other people and your, your validation doesn't come from you know like some mm-hmm. external thing like look at my bmw or whatever yeah it's like coming from that connection that you're 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 creating with other people yeah that's so amazing yeah and yeah. your fulfillment is your emotional state yeah so if you're waking up every day and you're happy you're content you're grateful you're vibrating at that kind of energy then you're going to feel fulfilled you feel fulfilled you don't think fulfilled yeah and so when you use story is a gateway to emotion what you can actually use is use logic and words as a bridge to bring you back to the emotion that you want to evoke in yourself and in other people mm-hmm. so it's a way for you to harness your emotion because at the end of the day It's like you can say whatever you want to say and you can create the most structured business on the planet. But if you don't feel good, if you don't feel fulfilled, if you don't feel aligned, no amount of thinking is actually going to make you like patch up that hole inside. Yeah. It's a feeling. It's very, um, yeah, I think it's very powerful work that that you're doing. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting time you know, with the emergence of social media and because this probably wasn't a conversation 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe very, very little. But I think it's social media that has kind of brought this out because it's kind of almost exposing truths in people, right? Mm-hmm. It's like with social media now, especially with the direction that's going to go, and I think with what's happening in the world in 2020, there's just a lot of truths coming out, right? The world is just kind of purging all the crap, a lot of crap, and, you know, the way business was done, the way sales was done in the 80s and the 90s was, you know, like you get on the phone and you bullshit to somebody. And now it's like, well, you can't really bullshit somebody because you're on the Internet and you're going to get found out anyway. So there's this kind of like this age of this emergence, this age of authenticity kind of coming coming through. Mm-hmm. I think we've got a long way to go. But... Uh, is that something that you that you feel for your, for yourself? Is this something that you you see? So what I see in social media is an amplification of the need for validation collectively, and what I also see is yes, authenticity lives and exists in all. But what I'm seeing, it's almost like an exacerbation of the problem for us to see how fucking bad it is. Mm. And when it comes to, you know, social media, again, I, I use social media, right? I, I'm big on Instagram. Like, I'm not sitting here being, like, holier than thou. I don't use social media. But, um, you know, there's things, for example, that, you know, so many, one of the, this is such a simple thing, such a simple thing that makes such a difference. Like, I have muted every single piece of content. Like, if I need to follow someone, so I like, like, first of all, I've unfollowed everyone that doesn't interest me. And yeah. then in from that group, I've muted everything that doesn't like inspire the fuck out of me when yeah. I look at it. It's just like, you're feeding your brain like other people's projections every single day. As opposed to like 20, 30 years ago, where yeah, you still like got projected on at work or like when you came home and maybe your spouse said something to you. But right now, you have a machine where you can literally scroll and absorb other people's insecurities, their projections, and everything into your own energetic field, and then feel like shit about it, unless you know how to protect yourself, and then you get to project back. 
So I actually find that if you don't have, again, that sense of seated power of like, I know how to open this app and control what I'm seeing and actually show up from a place of authenticity and alignment as I'm scrolling through this content, you're going to get fucked really fast because a lot of these things are leaking into your subconscious. Yeah. But what's interesting about that is we think that that doesn't happen. We think Mm. that we're above that. Right. Oh, it's one of the things. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. This is one of the things that I've seen really magnified through this year. Obviously, we're we're, we're now seeing, and more and more people are waking up to the power of media. Right, mm. especially mainstream media and, and and social media, Facebook, Instagram, the Twitter, the power that these platforms have. And by default, without kind of thinking about it, we kind of think that. You know, we, we can look at anything, we can watch the news, and that doesn't affect us, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But it does, 100, 100%, like, it, it massively affects. Now, there could be the argument to say that, okay, well, if you're only feeding yourself, like, you know, you snippets of utopia, your version of, mm-hmm. well, then you're disconnected from the real world, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. right? So what would you say, what would you say to that? It's really interesting because, you know, the the first thing that I would say is that you're the patron of your own mind. Like, and, you know, if you're going about your day and you're trying to stay fit and you're start, trying to stay healthy and every time, like, someone offers you a cookie or somebody has a donut, like, you just grab a bite and you eat it, then you're going to fuck up your body. Mm. And your, your goal of being healthy and having that wellness is not going to be met because you're just going to be sidelined by all the little snacks that you see. And you could say, well, why can't you have donuts sometimes? Like, why can't you eat? Like, yeah, you can when you want to, right? When you know that it's time. And so, yes, number one, there's so many subliminal messaging in advertising. Like, I think we see, like, the average human being sees a couple hundred of ads per day. So um, there's it's going to be really hard unless you live in a cave to avoid all the messaging, to avoid the media, to avoid what's going on in the world. Neither should you. But the issue is that a lot of people just allow themselves to get completely pulled by it and then they allow themselves to get emotionally carried away by what's happening in the news. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you are, you know, and I'm not suggesting like create your own utopia and live in a bubble and not know what's going on in the world. But what I am suggesting is that you need to be seated into why you're consuming this content and what is your intention of consuming this content. Because if you're going in, you know, I just watched um, Out of Shadows. Um, like the other day, which is all around like the child trafficking and just like that shit that's going on. And I've known that I needed to watch this for a while, but I was like, okay, I'm going to energetically put myself in a place where I can sit here, I can learn and not allow myself to just basically have my whole fucking day ruined by what's going on. So I can absorb the information, carry it with me and sit with it and be like, wow, like, what do I want to do with this? So not becoming a victim of the information you consume. Without it consuming you. Right, because it's going to be chipping away at your energy. And again, you have Mm. a finite amount of energy per day. What do you want to give it to? Yeah, and one thing that's powerful in what you said before is uh, consuming these things when you are seated in your own power. One of the things that I found valuable for me and what comes to mind for me is, is fasting. Right. It's like mm. I've become really intuitive about what my body needs to be fed. And the way that I did that was by fasting. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be this. It's the same thing for things like media and social media. When you can take yourself off social media, because when you're just in there all the time, you're kind of in this addictive kind of loop. But you don't really know that you're in there. 
right? Mm-hmm. Where if you can remove yourself from it and fast from it, well, when you come back to it, right, then you're probably more in a place of oh, now I now I know what I want to consume. Now I know what's right. Oh, now I can disregard that. Why did I watch that shit before? Right? Yeah. Why did I eat that before? Why did I consume that before? And this media that we're consuming is 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 nourishment for uh, is nourishment for us. And like you said, like you've got to be super mindful of that. And I think the way, and you can comment on this, the way for people to tap into a place where they can be able to discern and not take on that energy is to fast from it and come back to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also create some hard boundaries for yourself. So for example, like I said, Instagram is not the place where I'm going to be going to, to learn like world breaking news. You know, for multiple reasons. Number one, it's just not why why I'm on Instagram. That's not what I'm there for. I'm there for inspiration. I'm there to learn. I'm there to, you know, answer clients or whatever it may be. Um, and Facebook is definitely not where I want to be getting my news because it's a bunch of like false news, like fake news and a bunch of people projecting their shit everywhere. So again, it's like I have boundaries. Number one, boundaries around what I'm consuming, what I'm allowing into my field, what I'm allowing into my brain and into my energy. Mm-hmm. I have boundaries around how I allow myself to get emotionally carried away or and in this case not carried away in the news. And if I want some real news, I have sources that I go to news. I have conversations with people that I trust. And so in the way that I consume, again, being the patron of my brain, being the guardian of my mind, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to be consuming like world breaking news at 9 a.m. in the morning when I'm trying to like lead my team and get my morning work done, right? And I'm not going to be doing it 30 minutes before bed where it's going to upset me and it's going to give me nightmares. So there's a time and a place and similar to there's a time and a place where you go to the gym. There's a time and a place where you eat, like where you, when you drink, like it's like, it's not just like, oh, screw it. Like, let me just like whenever every one of the 200 average times that we pick up our phones, I'm just going to like pick up, read an article when I'm in the middle of something or trying to have a conversation with someone and allow myself to get emotionally carried away. Like that's lack of discipline. Yeah. So actually applying some discipline in yourself and being able to discern when am I going to consume what and how can I stay updated with what's going in the world without allowing myself to get carried away by these stories. Yeah, and I think if people actually knew the impact that that distraction really had, because that's a hard thing to measure, right? Mm-hmm. I think the way to measure that is to fast off it, so mm-hmm. that you can actually, when you come back on it, you can, you'll you'll be able to have that discernment. You'll be able to see, oh, why did I do that? Yeah. But I think if people actually knew the real impact that this media had, well, like they can just wouldn't. open your phone and look at your statistics. Yeah. It's horrific. I mean, like, I was like, I had a point, and again, I'm not a saint here. I'm not, you know, saying, oh, I'm only on my phone 30 minutes a day, but I had a point a few months ago where I looked at my phone, and I'm like, I'm on this thing seven hours a day, Mm. and granted, half of it is for work, um, but even, like, being like, I had to set limits. I set limits on my social media, like, I'm not doing this more than a couple hours a day, like, limits on my Instagram, and just actually monitoring, monitoring and checking myself being like why the fuck am i on facebook for two hours a day like that is yeah. just not okay yeah. and and like you the, you are not help we are not helpless to this it is in our control and again our it's it's the same way that we're not helpless to 
uh, how much we weigh or like our, our health or like our fitness or how we are physically in our bodies, which we can see with our eyeballs, we are not helpless to distractions or to actually setting boundaries around ourselves. And that's something I've been really cracking down on in terms of like, when am I working? I'm not, it's similar to like, if you go on a date and you like the girl, you're not going to be checking your phone like every five minutes looking at your text when you're on a date trying to like, like get with a girl, right? So why the fuck am I sitting in front of my laptop trying to get work done for my business, which is one of the most important things to me, and I'm checking my phone? Makes no sense. Yeah. That's rude. Yeah, and I th- <laughs> uh, yes. Ex- yeah, you're being rude to yourself. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I think people don't understand the, the actual impact that that has to their emotional state, their productivity. There's so many factors. Like, uh, you know, we, we kind of think that, oh, yeah, it's, you know, just the way that I live. But if you had a way to actually measure your, what you're missing out on from how much more productive you could be, like if, if you're spending three hours a day on social media and you could have spent one hour of that meditating, I mean, mm-hmm. the impact of that, the positive impact that that one hour could have on the grand scheme of your whole life could be massive, but you wouldn't know. Yeah, not all time is created equal. Like yeah. spending one hour checking emails that's, is not the same thing as ch- spending one hour meditating. And that's actually another piece that you know I bring through with my clients. You know, people saying I, they're very busy people. I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm like, I had a mentor tell me once, if you don't have one hour a day to give to yourself, you need two. Yeah. And it's so true because it's like, well, let's actually look at your schedule. And this is where life design comes in. Let's look at your schedule and not just like the amount of time you're doing it, but the quality of that time. Four hours working, okay, you're in front of your desk. Are you like in the kitchen table with your dog barking at you? Or are you like in a concentrated space where you're completely 100% focused? Four hours of being distracted by your kids or in the kitchen table or like kind of like fucking around on Facebook and quote unquote working does not equal four hours of hyper concentrated like this is what I'm going to get done and this is my intention to completely focus on this. It's it's same amount of time. It's different quality. And that's also another piece that a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand, which is why they continue to struggle. Yeah. And I, I the, the word that comes to mind there is is integrity. Like integrity to me is doing what you say you're going to do yeah right and people will find very subtle elegant unconscious uh excuses and distractions to uh actually not achieve right Mm -hmm. it's all kind of yeah so the way the the way around that is to have integrity and integrity is doing what you say you're going to do Mm mm-hmm It's like Mm -hmm. what you were saying before with the cookies. It's like it's not about the eating of the cookie. It's like where success comes from is you believing in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And where believing in yourself comes from is self-esteem, which is the reputation you have with yourself, Mm -hmm. which comes from the integrity of you doing what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And when you don't, there's a lack of self of self respect. There's yes. a self sabotage. And it's which, very again, subtle. It's very subtle. Yeah. The way I say it is, you've got a bag of coins here. Yeah. And it's like, well, you might have a big bag of coins, and you're just taking one coin out. It's like you don't you don't feel the difference. Like you're taking one coin out. Yeah. But eventually, you're just taking all the coins out, and yeah, for sure. Then for you sure. got nothing left. Yeah, and yeah. that lack of self integrity again ties back to. Do you know why you're here? What you're doing? You're doing when you're sitting your ass down for four hours, three hours, whatever, and you're working on something. Are you working towards a bigger why, or are you working there because you feel like you have to in order to prove yourself? 
And again, it's all ties back to the nuances going back to bringing it back to yourself because when you have that full, like you're connected to your why, you know what you're doing, then you're motivated to sit down and like you said, act out of integrity and just do what you need to get done. That is success that has fuel poured into it that is like purpose and service and like alignment and heart as opposed to success that is driven by pride, by driven by shame and driven by subconscious patterns. Mm. Same actions, completely different outcome because of the energy you bring through. Yeah. <laughs> Celine, <laughs> how do people find their why? <laughs> <laughs> you work with me. <laughs> Um, oh, why is it so hard? For, why is it so hard for people to figure out their big oh, why? Oh, I will tell you exactly why, and there's some science in here because you know yeah. I'm all about logic and spirit. That's how I do. Um, the reason why it's so hard is because your why is a feeling. Mm. It is. It, it is basically a feeling inside of you. And we're trying to intellectualize what And our- we are trying to intellectualize it. Your why lives in your limbic brain, which again is the lower part of the human brain. It's the part that developed first before we had the capacity for language. This is where gut decisions are made. This is where you're like, oh my God, I know this is right. Like I can't explain this, but I feel this way is made. This is where emotion lives. And so your why lives in a part of your brain that does not have the capacity for language. That's why it's so hard. And so the work is to tap into that emotion, to tap into that feeling and actually translate it into language and being like, this is what my why is. And what you essentially do is you can use language as an anchor for emotion. Again, story is the gateway to emotion. So is language. So for example, when, you know, one of the things I do with my clients is I work with them to identify what is the feeling of your why? Like, what is that signature? I call it like a fingerprint feeling that just lights you up inside and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is it. This is what gives me goosebumps. This is what makes me feel alive. And then how do we take those feelings and package it into a sentence that every time you read that sentence, it brings you back to that emotional state. Mm. So for you to be operating in your why, it's not about being like, yo guys, like here's my website, here's my why, like look how nice that sounds. It's actually being able to find the anchor, the actual words that ignite back in you being like, oh my gosh, like the affirmation that brings you back to the emotional state that is the why. And when you access that emotional state, your why state, then from that state, you can make decisions that are aligned. You can say things that are coming from your heart. When you're in a meeting, you can actually tap into that feeling. When you're with a client, you tap into that feeling. So, because it drives your emotion, your, sorry, your actions. So that is why scientifically it's hard for you to sit here and be like, this is my why, this is my purpose. Yeah, and it comes through in such weird ways. You know, I, I had um, my ex-girlfriend actually, she, she you know, she, tuned in she channeled in one day and uh she she gave me this message and she said that she she got a vision of me as a lighthouse right Mm. which is why i'm now creating a business called lighthouse Mm -hmm. and the job of the lighthouse is to sit still to be deeply rooted and grounded and all it has to do is shine its light Mm. brightly and it shows people where they are yeah. and it shows people where they're going yeah. and the most important part which this has dropped in like so hard for me was the lighthouse doesn't have to move the, mm. the job of the lighthouse is to sit still and I was mm-hmm. like like 
And、uh, I love that she channeled this because one of my spiritual teachers, when he said to me, is spirit speaks in metaphors.、Mm. And so when we even think about the why,、um, you know, one of the things I tell my clients is follow the chills. Like, chills is like divine、yeah. blessing. When you get chills、that、in your body, like- It's that, one like, was, that one like got、exactly. me in the heart, like oh, exactly, oh, exactly. So that's that's a why right there. Yeah, you know. And so with people like this is also why we say well, you know, in the beginning when I was saying there's a difference between ego speak and soul speak. Soul speaks in metaphors. Your soul speaks in like images and emotions and feelings. It's not rational. It's not organized.、Yeah. It's messy. It's、uh, it's just it's vibrant. It's there. And so what you want to do part of the work. Is before you run off and try to create the structure or try to pitch the story to the media or do whatever it is that you need to do, to actually sit up and think like, or sorry, and feel, what is that why? What is that image for me? My why is you know rediscovering what it means to be human, and to you that means nothing, right? But to me it means everything because I know my purpose is to teach people how to be human again,、yeah. right? Like I know that's what my purpose is is to to learn. What it literally means to be a human being, and retap into that, excavate, dig, 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 and pass what I learn on, and, and that's my why. Yeah, and be able to weave, like you said, the logic with the intuitive. It's like which is what it is to be human. human.、Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so when people are like, "Well, I don't know that why doesn't make sense," you、yeah. know, it's like it doesn't need to make sense to you. But when I say that, it activates the emotions where I'm like, "Oh my god, this is why I'm doing this." And it matters to me,、yeah. and that's part of why another reason why it's so hard to find their why is because people are look. I'm looking at your why. I'm like, oh well, I can't put it like that. I can't put it into like that that lighthouse sentence. And it's like it doesn't fucking matter because I could be defining this in shapes and colors if that's what I feel like doing. Yeah. But it needs to be real to me instead of me looking at what you're doing. And and what's really interesting is like when I, you know, was was given that gift of the the lighthouse metaphor. It's like I I, I recognize also. How much my mind wanted to then turn that into, you know, create some strategy around that. It's like, well, what am I going to turn this into, and、mm-hmm. and then almost、uh, take away from from the beauty of what that was. But it's actually been kind of more like a pillar for me, you know, in in terms of how I have moved my life.、Mm. So now my life is more around just being more still. So before it was all hustle, move, go, go, and it got me to a certain, you know. It got me to a certain place, certain level、mm-hmm. of success, but now I have the ability to make things move around me without me moving. Yeah,、and、it's a very different place to、yeah. be, and it's a very different kind of power. And the the work for me now is not, you know, doing emails and doing this and doing that. It's like the work for me is being still.、Mm. That's the work.、Mm-hmm. And the more I can do that, then the more power that I have, and the more I can actually. Achieve more. Yeah. Now it's funny because as you said, it's like the work for me is to be human,、yeah. to stay human, and it sounds so silly, but it's like no, it's to keep reconnecting. What's the trigger? What's the emotion? What's the logic? And just being like, oh wow, this is what it's like to be a human being. Yeah. And that's what I think about. Like whenever I'm in my highest level, like operational, like business owner self, I'm just being like, well, well, how does it, how can I be more human? Like how can I show someone to be more human? Like that's really. The 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 piece that you know comes together for me, and you know another thing as you were saying is with a lot of the especially the work that I'm doing, it's like I teach people to create the foundation, and for me the foundation is the values and the vision. But then people say, oh, is the why my foundation as well? I'm like, actually, it's not. It's the glue. It's the cement. It's it's in between. 
everything you do it holds everything you do and say together it's that why so it's not even a thing that you put at the bottom of the house it's literally the thing that holds the entire thing together yeah that's a really interesting way to look at it that's really powerful because i think that that can give a lot of people some peace of mind because people are so desperate to you know figure out their purpose and what am i doing and yeah yeah and some people don't build yeah. Because they're like, oh, well, I don't know what my why is. I've been trying to figure it for months and months, so I'm just going to stay in this paralysis state of like trying to figure this out. When the thing is with your vision and your values, yeah, you can actually, it's much more structured. You can, because that lives even like the what and the how lives in the neocortex. It lives in like the involved human brain. And so you can go ahead and actually like create the, you know, figure out your ideal audience. You can figure out like the transformation you provide for people, like what your core values are. That can all be like extracted from your subconscious using different NLP techniques, hypnosis, like you can excavate that um, with effort. I'm not going to say it's easy, but with effort, as long as you do the work, yes, it will come bubble to the surface. And then they're like, oh my God, I can't find my why. So I'm going to like just stay here and not build. But the thing is you can start building the house. You can start building the offer. You can start building the, the, the business as long as you're always putting a bit of that cement mm. down, the why, right? And, yeah. and tapping more into that. And the more you do it, the more you know what your why is. You can't just... Do it sitting around on your ass. Exactly. It's not going to come to you. And here's the way that I've the way that I've found that for myself. You're just coming up from a from a different perspective. Is is to bring purpose to what I'm doing. So rather than like being so desperate to figure out what is my purpose and be paralyzed by I don't understand it, what am I doing in the moment, and how can I bring purpose to what I'm doing? Mm. Is there a bigger purpose for me? Is there a bigger reason for my existence? Yes, but the way for me to channel into that is for me to bring purpose to what I'm doing in any given moment. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the glue that you're talking about, right? That's painting, painting, mm-hmm. with the, painting with the why. And I think that's what gave me a lot of peace of mind that I don't need to f- be so desperate to figure out my purpose. Because I actually think that purpose can be f- is fleeting. It's, it's changing. It's evolving all mm-hmm. the time, right? So if you're so desperate to figure out what your purpose is, then you can actually not find it because it's dynamic. But mm-hmm. there is this one, what you're talking about, which is like there's this cement, there's this glue, and whatever it is that you're doing, if you're just painting what you're doing with that, and that's, mm-hmm. that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. nice. I think that's, a, that's how that can give a lot of people peace of mind. Yeah. And speaking of painting, you know, even when we were talking about before around, you can take the same action. You can build two exact houses, but the energy that you build your system, your business with, the energy will actually like affect the outcome, even if the actions are the same. So, uh, you know, a piece that I can share around that is that intention colors your energy. Yeah. Right. And so the intention that you bring through when you're building your business, when you're building your brand, when you're creating your story, the intention that you're carrying with you is what's going to like essentially color that energy and when you build you know one of i remember had a specific a client who was actually he was going from um he was doing landscaping and he wanted to do like turn completely into an online um coaching business for men and you know you know he wanted it specifically his business to be he loves nature he wants to be like a thing where like hiking and integrating nature into the coaching into the wellness 
And he was like, well, I don't know. You know, I have all the structures, but I don't know how to build this business because I'm not inspired. And I'm like, well, where are you working on the business? He's like, well, you know, I'm in my office. All, and I'm like, how many hours? He's like, I don't know, like six, eight hours a day. I'm like, cool. So you want to build a business that inspires, you know, a coaching business that inspires men to be outside in nature. Why the fuck are you not outside in nature? You need to build this business in mm. the energy that you want people to live in, yeah. which is take your notebook, take your laptop and go outside and build it there because it makes a difference. If you build your business in an, in an office, as opposed to you, you're building it in front of the beach, you're building it like in nature, you're building it around people. Again, what is your intention? What do you wanna create and how can you match your energy? So as you're creating that, you are literally building in the energy that you want to create. It makes a whole world of a difference. And again, that's how energy intuition marries with logic because you're gonna do all the things and you're gonna, send out the emails and you're gonna hire the people and you're gonna build a funnel and whatever, but where you do it and what the intention behind it is gonna shift how that funnel feels. Mm. Cool, that's yeah. super powerful. What have you what, what have you struggled with and what do you struggle with? Like mm-hmm. we're talking about triggers a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what triggers you? Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> we're going there. <laughs> oh my gosh, I think that I would say I grew up with a very emotionally dysregulated parent. I'm not going to call out which one, but it's one or the other. (laughs) And um, very emotionally dysregulated parent. Um, And so I had to grow up being extremely defensive and extremely guarded. And so what triggers me is anger. You know, and even like when I work, yeah, feeling that one, yeah, it's like when I one of the things I think I most struggle is is like you know when people are the angry emails or like the occasional like nasty comments and just being like oh my god how do I like access my higher self because growing up with like an emotionally abusive parent it's like you kind of have to you overreact a lot so actually one of the biggest growth like the biggest growth for me especially with having, you know, you get a point as an entrepreneur where you can't do it by yourself, you have to grow a team, and then it's not you anymore, it's us. And so I've had to like, you know, growing my team, I've had to work so much on like putting down the walls, on not being defensive, on not misinterpreting people as an attack, you know, and trusting that I am supported. Mm. And um, I actually have my team to thank for that because, you know, because of that, them and their support, I've been able to kind of be like, whoa, okay, how do I manage my own triggers? So that's one of the things that really, that really has triggered me and I'm working on still. Um, and I would say, what else is a trigger? Um, definitely uh, authority. <laughs> and just like growing up in like really strict household, like being told what to do. And um, one of the things I had to work with like is discerning like where do I wanna, where am I rebelling for the sake of rebelling? And where, again, do I actually not want to be, like, in the system? And, again, that goes back to bringing that back into your own power and asking yourself, am I not doing what everyone else is doing because I generally don't want to be doing what everyone else is doing? Or am I not doing what everyone else is doing out of the sake of not doing what everyone else is doing? Yeah. Because sometimes it's not a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I I totally relate to to those minor. I'm going to say exactly the same, but I can – I feel you on that – but with different circumstances, with different parenting circumstances, 
And the rebellion thing, like, uh, I didn't have a strict household. In fact, it was the complete opposite. Mm. It was, like, really loose and, like, do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, but I ended up having the same meanings, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting how, how as children, we make uh, things mean something, which then turns into our patterns as adults. And Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fucked up. Most of our <laughs> patterns are made before the age of seven. Yeah. You know, and if you think about it, like... You are running, if you don't do any of the inner work, if you're not actually consciously working on loosening these patterns and becoming aware of beliefs and actually like doing everything we've talked about so far, you are literally running on a program that was created by a seven-year-old. And that program is currently running your decisions and your life in your business, in your love, in your relationship with yourself. Is that smart? If you want to pull in the logic brain again, is that fucking smart? No, I don't think so. And that's old technology. <laughs> it's like you're trying to run, you're trying to run 30, 40 year old software yep. in a machine that's like, yeah, it's outdated software. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And most people just keep on running at that on, on that old software, and then they wonder why they're struggling. Yep. It's like, well, update the software optimize, improve, upgrade it, reprogram yourself. And then what you're going to see is that instead of you struggling and swimming against the stream because your subconscious patterns are running the show and you don't know why you're acting this way and you don't know why you, you're, you're, this situation keeps repeating in your life, you can actually take control to actually reprogram, which is the hard part, and then actually start running a new program autopilot, which means that once you actually start like re-practicing the new patterns the hardest part is reframing the habits it's actually installing new patterns in yourself but once mm. you actually do that you repeat it once you repeat it twice you repeat it a couple dozens time dozen times you go from a place where it becomes like it goes from being a conscious competence which is like a thing that you consciously decide to do change about yourself to being an unconscious competence which is you're basically being awesome on autopilot it's just embedded in it's yeah. fucking cool. Like yeah. you can literally reprogram your mind. It's so malleable. Yeah, and I think people also have to find some peace in the fact that you're going to be doing this forever. Like oh, yeah. this unraveling, this reprogramming is a never-ending journey because you're just pulling off layers and you're finding something new. And you've got to find peace in that. You've got to find peace in the fact that there is no place to get to. Like it's, yeah. that, that's this is the, the journey of life. Yeah. And I find that the real peace is not even being like, oh, when I get rid of my like shitty relationship patterns or when I uh, get rid of my money blockages, then I will be happy. Then I will be able to do this. No, because that sets you up in a trap again. But what I found is does create peace is knowing that whenever a pattern pops up, you can see it and you know how to reprogram it in real time and you know how to choose something better so no matter what pops up at you basically you know how to deal with it so what i actually found is that your problems get quote unquote easier your challenges get more doable as opposed to like a small thing comes along and trips up your entire day or you get hit with like a problem in your business or in your personal life or a fight and then it like throws you off kilter the whole day or it becomes like the whole drama that wraps up your world uh, instead, it's like a thing. It's like, okay, this is a problem. It sucks. Here's the emotions bringing up in me. I'm going to go process those emotions and then I'm going to find a solution and then I'm just going to work at the solution and eventually the solution will come mm. and another challenge will come and I'll work through that too. That's where the piece is. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that one of my, this just reminds me of an insight that I had a few years ago, which is 
that I can kind of judge the quality of my life where I'm at by uh, looking at where am I getting where where am I where am I getting tired? What's the level of problem that is bothering me? Like yeah. if I'm getting bothered by my laundry coming back late, it's like well that's a very small problem to be engaged in. Mm. And anytime something like that creeps in, I got to find bigger problems to solve. I got to mm-hmm. I got to look for bigger problems. Yeah. So the quality of my life, I, the way I look at it, is d- dependent on the quality of the the size of the problems mm. that I'm getting consumed in. It's not that problems go away. It's like I'm just I'm I'm looking for bigger problems because I'm going to have problems regardless. Everyone's going to have stuff to deal with. We're trying to get rid of problems in our life. Mm-hmm. No. Choose your problems. Just choose better problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And speaking of being human, like we need problems. Yeah. We we just we need problems to solve. We think that yeah. our job is to make problems go away. No, <laughs> no. And you remind me of um, a Mark Manson quote that I really love. He says, um, "A good life is not a life without problems. A good life is a life with good problems." Yeah. And so, rather than trying to just erase it all, which is never going to happen actually like a fun challenge is how do i elevate the quality of my problems exactly. and that there's fulfillment in that there's there's peace in that there's oh, peace yeah, of mind totally. in that yeah totally yeah that's yeah. really cool so uh i'll have one last question for you but before we do that I just want to acknowledge you say thank you for coming in and having this conversation this is really powerful um and i acknowledge you for uh, being an example for what's possible in terms of bridging these these worlds because your background is being really, uh, really proficient and really amazing in your craft and what you do with this logical science mind and all the data and the facts and everything. And you can kind of see it shining through in your personality, but but then to be able to tap into this intuitive side. And I think there's so much power for people to learn, no matter what people's personalities are, no matter whether they're, you know, they're uh, out, you know, they're extroverted, introverted, whether they're you know, they lean towards science or whatever their natural tendencies are to tap into that intuitive side is just going to uh, add so much more power. It's just going to blow, blow things up mm-hmm. in a good way. Oh, so yeah. I acknowledge you for being, um, for, uh, being a really great example of that. I think it's really powerful. Thank you. <laughs> so one last question. Um, if you had the ability, the superpower to connect a... A single message to everybody, every soul on the planet. Language aside, mm. you could just connect uh, a single message to everybody. What would that message be? Mm, that's beautiful. Um, that the greatest journey you'll ever take is a journey back to yourself. Mm. Uh, that's powerful. I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> That's really cool. Celine, thank you so much for coming. I'll make sure everybody uh, gets access to you. We'll put links to the website, etc. Where can people find you? Instagram, the best place? Or? Yes. So I made it very easy for everyone because mm-hmm. my website and my handle on all social media is the same thing, which is at Celine DaCosta, and it's spelled C E L I N N E. D-A-C-O-S-T-A. So you can find me at selinedacosta.com. 
and then Instagram is my is my fave go to, but um, yeah. Facebook page, LinkedIn, and all of it, all of the social medias are Celine DeCosta. Cool. I'll make yeah. sure everybody checks it out. Go check out the links. Go check out this amazing woman. Learn more from her. And uh, awesome to have you in. Thank you so much, <laughs> thank guys. You. Thank really you fun. so much for tuning in. And uh, I'll see you next time. We'll go back down the rabbit hole. By the way, head over to www.entrepreneurharmonics.com. If you are in business and you feel called to scale your business in such a way that it not only becomes an organization that runs without you, but it becomes an asset that grows without you, then go to the website now. Get access to this free diagnostic tool. It takes about 30 minutes. If you do this, you will understand why and how entrepreneurs like Richard Branson have so many companies and he spends his day kite surfing and playing tennis. That's www.entrepreneurharmonics.com. All one word. I'll see you there.